after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to this edition of After These Messages. This is the podcast where we talk about commercials, the kind you see on TV. We talk about the good ones, we talk about the bad ones, and we talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Do your girl and your Johnson. Coming up, uh, it's all about you guys. It's an ad council ad extravaganza. We're just going to be going through all of the feedback you've been sending us via email, via V-mail, via Facebook, all of that. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. You were uh, taking a sip of your beverage when I played the Johnson drop there. I was hoping I could make it make you choke and maybe have some uh, some liquid come out your nose like in the... Sorry, like I've, kids. I've already heard the Johnson Boat song. What? I think, I, I think all my spit takes are spoken for. Okay, so what are we talking about here with the Johnson Boat thing? Let me just start with uh, this, play the whole thing as we aired it last week on this very show. You've got your sunrise, you caught a prize, you, you're making your Johnson. Party nights, summer whites, you, your friends, and your Johnson. Rooster tails, water trails, you, your kids, and your Johnson. Saturday nights, distant lights, you, your girl, and your Johnson. You and your Johnson, a way of life for over 50 years. <laughs> we played that last week on the it show. It just never gets less funny. It is presumably a commercial from the uh, 70s or more likely the 80s. It was part of a quiz I was giving you where I had a bunch of dirty sounding uh, catchphrases and you had to identify the uh, real one. And I played that as the example of a real one. But as soon as I played it... I think maybe you said, you know, could that be real? And then I started thinking about it. There's no information about the company other than at the end it just says you and your Johnson. The imagery, by the way, is a bunch of people on boats enjoying their Well, you're, liter- you're seeing a very literal interpretation of the scenarios that the singer is outlining when it's, you know... You and your buddies you and your, your Johnson. You and your buddies. When it's you and a rooster tail, they show a, you know, a skier, you know, blowing, a, you know, mm-hmm. blowing out a, a, rooster, a rooster tail in the water. And the last scene is uh, a guy and his girl... Johnsoning off into the sunset. Just Johnsoning off, and and now I had done a quick search on that uh, before we had you know started recording last week, and I was like, oh yeah, there's a company called Johnson Boating, and I saw various Johnson things, and I I, I just kind of, I guess I was just in a hurry prepping, and on the show last week, for those who heard, they know I hate being somebody who is kind of taken by an internet hoax. And I couldn't confirm during the taping last week whether or not that was real. And I had a really bad feeling about it. It just didn't have a lot of the, if it was like Johnson Boating as a local company, it didn't have, you know, at the corner of Route 3 and 404 in the Tri-Cities or anything like that. Um, but then immediately after the show, I started doing, uh, I, you know, I spent some time clicking around. You know, I went to Snopes.com, and it does have an entry on Snopes.com. This is like a Mythbuster site that's been around for a long time uh, that I trust implicitly. Um, <laughs> uh, and it did have a post there, but it was like a community post, and it w- nobody came up with a final answer. Somebody's like, 
this can't be real, right? And other people were like, well, Johnson outboard motors were a real thing. Um, and nobody could really confirm that it was fake. And then a bunch of other sites, basically the same thing. There's always one guy in the, you know, in the comment section who's like, no way, can't be real. But nobody proved that it wasn't real. And usually, if you're clicking that deep and do something like this, you're going to eventually find out, oh, yeah, it was a... Uh, you know, some sort of hoax created by whoever, Comedy Central or something. Um, so after the show, even though I was practically suicidal during the show, I was so embarrassed about it. Maybe that's a bit of hyperbole. It's actually not. It's sadly not hyperbole. What's hyperbole? <laughs> what do you mean? It's Oh, I thought you were saying, I thought you were correcting my use of the word hyperbole. No, you were you were despondent. I was very despondent. Um, but uh, anyway. Despondent po- means hyperbole. <laughs> Egg sandwich. <laughs> um, what's a panini? <laughs> By the way, I just want to point out to everybody, because of our travel schedule this week, we are actually recording on a Friday night. I think we're both a little bit slappier than usual. And also, if there is any breaking commercial news that happens between Friday night and Tuesday, and you're wondering why we're not covering it, because you turn to us for breaking commercial news yeah, coverage. We're the number one breaking commercial news podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's what it says on our banner. It's how we became number one in iTunes someday. Uh, anyway, I after my poking around the internet, I was feeling much more confident that this was actually a real commercial. And some people were saying, hey, Johnson Outboard Motors were, a, you know, kind of a, a big thing back in the day. Now, we got, I assume, a bunch of feedback about this, Vaves. We did. The ad counselors um, came to your rescue and, and they uh, we had many we had many pieces of feedback letting us know that, in fact, you are correct. Um, Johnson Motors is a thing. This ad was a was a real thing. I think the only outstanding question that will probably never be truly answered, uh, unless we find the maker of this commercial, is how knowing was it given how, given its age? Like now, it wouldn't surprise me that much to find out that someone was making like a, a winky joke about the, the the double meaning. But it's so the commercial. The, the reason it threw me, and the reason I I I didn't identify it as the real one, and I questioned questioned its uh, its uh, re- realness was um, because it's so earnest. And and when you see the the video, it's like even more so. It's just uh, there's there's no winking irony to it at all. And it's quintessentially eighties with the kind of the way it's shot. It's got this. I know I say this a lot, but it's almost got this. Um, hazy effect like with Vaseline on the lens yeah. kind of effect and it's it's so earnest and also so perfectly 80s that you could almost see it being created with today's technology exactly. to look like an 80s sort ad. of a uh, too many cooks or something yeah. so let's let's hear from the listeners who really did uh uh swing into the rescue here this is a voicemail from listener Josh Hey guys it's Josh I'm calling from Amherst I'm out walking the dogs listening to the game show show can I just say, I love it when people call from the field, like wherever they are. Like, you don't have to get to a quiet place. Just call us and let us know where you're calling from. I love it. And I'm, this is, this is Josh. I'm, I'm calling from the uh, right behind an air, a, a jet engine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, this is Josh. I'm uh, flying an airplane right now. I got about <laughs> 300 uh, souls on board. But just wanted to uh, let you know that you were right about Johnson Motors. Game show show. And shaking my head over the poor, the poor Johnson ad. Um, so I can, in fact, confirm it's not Johnson Boating, it's Johnson Motors. 
um, when I was a kid, my grandfather had a boat, and we used to go out on said boat all the time. He called it the SOB, which stood for same old boat. Yeah. Um, and it had a Johnson motor on it. I used to water ski behind it. So I guess technically, um, you know, me, my papa, and his Johnson. <laughs> I don't know if I'm proud of that Easy, or not. Easy, Josh. Keep up the good work. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Now, I don't, you prepared the show today, um, so I don't want to kind of spoil something that maybe you're planning on uh, already talking about, but I saw somebody on Facebook. Do you have any comments on this ad from Facebook? Yeah, I do. Okay, because I saw somebody made a really good point about the way the commercial is shot that also kind of backs that up. I don't think you have that one, so let me just summarize it, and I'm sorry I can't give credit to the person who wrote in, but they also pointed out, like Josh, that it's not just a company that sells boats, but a company that sells specifically outboard motors, and if you watch this commercial, it's always shot from the back of the boat. The emphasis is always on the motor, and what I didn't know what Johnson was, I just thought it was a boating company, that didn't stand out to me, but that's another kind of argument for this thing being uh, real. Yeah, I mean, I think the jury is in that this is real. And I again, my only question is, were they being at all dirty minded when they made the commercial? Um, This is from listener Gene, uh, who wrote in about it. And Gene says, I think the Johnson ad is genuine. Johnson is a well-regarded maker of boat motors. Although the fidelity is low, it appears that Johnson outboards are featured in this ad. The red, orange, and black blocks of color on the white motor are iconic. You'll also notice the boats in this ad are always shown with the stern in the foreground. Oh, to, okay. To so your this point. is this. I think it was jeans that I read. Yeah, highlighting the motor. Um, still, the lyrics are unsettling. Is it possible someone dubbed in a joke song over the footage? Seems like a long walk for a weak joke. And I, I agree. I think that's it's too long a walk, and I don't believe that somebody has has managed to hoodwink everybody i mean people uh, there i've heard from people who've said they remember this in fact why don't you play this uh, voicemail from listener ann do your girl and your johnson wait is that it no hey guys my name is ann and i swear to god i had heard that johnson commercial before now it might have been on saturday night live but i swear to god because as soon as he read that i was like oh it's the johnson one so for what it's worth thanks bye you know, there is a company that has a lot of commercials on the air now called Johnson. Johnson uh, Brats, right? Yeah, I guess John, well, Johnsonville Brats. Oh, Johnsonville. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to name your sausage company Johnson. I mean, not to be super <laughs> crude about it, but I guess that would, that would really be that would really be well, bold. Well, it is Johnson Johnson City. Well, I, <laughs> I um, uh, it's Twilight in Johnson City. I um, feel so much better about. Yes, the I think whole the jury's thing. in. Oh my god, that really brought me down last week. Well, I don't like being taken. I guess you don't. And I still haven't been taken. Well, not on this. Not on that one. All right. So moving on. Um, also, last week was since last week was the game show show. Um, we were trying to. We were sort of struggling because we're very professional podcast hosts who know a lot of good words. We know all the best words. Um, we were struggling for what to call the administering of the games to each other, whether it's proctoring or administering. We thought yeah. those were sort of like clinical, not quite right. Well, listener Courtney writes in and says, you asked, Britain answered. I am so happy to share with you a word I learned last year, invigilator. Uh, Genevieve said she wished she had a word other than proctor. Brits use the noun invigilator, and although I'm not sure if they also use the word the verb invigilate, I do. 
She <laughs> says, I invigilate the heck out of everything, anything and everything, and I'll never go back to proctoring. <laughs> proctoring is for suckers. So what's the what's the actual definition then here? Uh, it's basically that, like someone who um, supervises a student at an examination is proctoring. I see here, uh, Merriam-Webster calls yeah, it and, to Yeah, and I'll tell you, yeah. when I saw this, the reason I even included that in Merriam-Webster link was because it has the pronouncer, or the, yeah. you know, like the little sound pronouncer. And because when I read it, I thought it was invigilator, oh. which also sounds even potentially dirtier than proctor to me. Dirty, yeah. And it also reminded me of our friend Laura, who used to describe Michael Jackson's um, baby making process with that nurse as <laughs> impregulating. Right. I, the best thing about that joke was she wasn't joking. She was just trying to like, <laughs> just describe it accurately. Yeah. Invigilate. Invigilate. Uh, so the actual definition is to keep watch, especially. British to supervise students at an exam. Yeah, invigilate. But I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, love learning a new word. Hey, listen, I love invigilate. I love learning new words too. I love hitting this. You have to do all the time. But and then I learn them again and again. It's so <laughs> great. Um, Genevieve's really mean to me, guys. Uh, no. um, what was I going to say? I, but although I, I like this word, it's a good word. It's it's a beautiful word. But invigilate. I don't think that. It invigilate solves our problem. It's still a very clinical, cold term. Well, I don't know. Uh, sorry, Courtney. Andrew says. <laughs> Andrew says invigilate. All right, I'm going to close <laughs> that window now before everybody uh, throws their phones away. What else we got? Um, so this is from listener Kelly, and uh, so my my quiz, if you recall, last year was all about Tori Amos lyrics. Uh, and which uh, which is a Tori Amos lyric versus which is a perfume ad because mm-hmm. they're both a little stream of consciousness. Um, and she said she's super she's a super nostalgic Tori Amos fan, um, and especially since one of the ones I picked was from Why Can't Tori Read, which was Tori Amos's band before she was just Tori Amos. So really, yeah, Tori Amos had a band. Yeah, I had no idea. It's, it's kind of like be kind of like Bjork had the Sugar Cubes, and a lot of people just knew her as Bjork. I guess so. I'm not enough of a fan to know how much how sort of visible or popular. Why can't Why can't Tori read it? By the way, is spelled letter Y. K-A-N-T, Tori Reed. And apparently the reason it was called that is that Tori Amos had a hard time reading music. Like, she was a uh, sort of a prodigy. I think she, right. like, went to college at, like, a crazy young age um, or went to conservatory or something at a young age. But she um, never... I don't know if she never learned to read music or just had a hard time learning to read music, but that's the origin of that band name. That's really Tori interesting. Reed. Why can't Tori read? Um, but anyway, uh, uh, Kelly says, uh, especially since you picked uh, Why Can't Tori Read songs for part of the game. It reminded me that almost nobody escapes the starting in commercials road to fame, it seems. Uh, and she provided this Kellogg's Just Right Cornflakes uh, commercial. And she says, she's sorry, the audio is bad. Um, Kelly, you said you couldn't find a better one because you were lazy. Well, I, I looked and you're, you're not lazy. There just isn't a better one. So the apologies for the audio on this. It's totally shitty. So this is a commercial for cornflakes. Cornflakes. I know. Stay tuned. Okay. So it's, um, it's a it's for ju- it's called Kellogg's Tori. Just Right. It's like a cornflake with raisins and nuts and other stuff in it. And what you're going to hear is some very bad audio of Tori Amos and some other random dude sitting at <laughs> a p pi- a grand piano with the cornflakes like the box sort of superimposed over the 
top of the piano and you're seeing like an overhead shot of them playing what looks like they're playing a box of cornflakes. Yes. It looks like they're playing a grand piano that has been kind of like wrapped. You know how they they have like a bus wrap. Like a bus wrap. And then I'm looking, just scanning ahead here a little bit. I'm guessing this is early, very early 90s. It's 1984. Oh, oh, really? I was going to say late 80s, early 90s. This is 1984. Whoa. Introducing Kellogg's Just Right Cereal, the perfect harmony between four wholesome grains, each one crisp and crunchy, with the sun-rich goodness of raisins, nuts, and chopped cake. Oh, oh my God. So Tori, it was just, just a big bite of cornflakes. Nutrition, you get 100% of 11 vitamins and minerals. Ah! Kellogg's <laughs> Just delightful. Right, the perfect harmony between taste and nutrition, with fruit or all grains. Just right. Oh, that is delightful. She's really, I mean, she's really into it. She, you, you would think that she might be. Also, well, I mean, I the guy can't. she's playing piano with looks like the um, like the rapist father in Janie Got a Gun. Oh, God. I didn't even know we saw the actual father in that video. I thought it was all just like. Um, no, it's not. I mean, it's like you see the dude. Really? Yeah, in the Aerosmith song. Huh, yeah. Um, so anyway, some interesting background about that. Obviously, you think of Tori Amos, you think of cornflakes, but not in that context. You think of cornflake girl. Sure, yeah. Um, so that commercial was made in 1984. Uh, I guess I was going to try to have you guess who she beat out for the role, but you're seeing the same show sheet that I am. So Oh, no, I'm not actually looking at the show sheet right now. I'm looking at so something else. I was barely listening to you, as a she, matter of fact. She beat out a, an actress who's very who's now very famous an for that role. An actress, though, not a musician. Not a musician, an actress. So are we to believe that she wasn't... that. Playing piano was not actually required for that ad? I don't think it was. Yet a piano player landed the role. And maybe that helped her get it. She did beat out this other actress for the role. Um, this would have to be somebody from the 90s. Yeah, 80s. 80s or she's, 90s. She's someone whose fame has has lasted from being a young actress in the 80s all the way until now. All the way until now? Yeah, in fact, she has a show on HBO right now. She has a show on HBO right now. I'm yeah. just going to keep on repeating things that you, <laughs> that you say. Um, it's not uh, girls. No, it's not girls. That wouldn't make sense. She's way too young for that. She's a millennial. Um, this lady uh, has had a lot of a lot of famous. She's been Lena a lot of famous Hedy. stuff. No, I don't know. Sarah Jessica Parker. No kidding. That makes sense. Yes, so that she, makes sense. They she kind of she got her start around that. If she was in Footloose, you know. They both would have been um, kind of plucky. They're they're both kind of of a type that you could, especially back then, that you could curly haired. Sure, and I don't know. I mean, that, that that clearly that does call for her to sing. So who knows what if it like what it would have been like with Sarah Jessica Parker? I should also say, my source is the internet. I mean, it's not like I I went to you know I, I don't know how how viable the source is, but I'll, I'll believe it. it. Sounds plausible. So when Tori was twenty one, she beat out Sarah Jessica Parker to star in this ad. Um, Ten years later, Cornflake Girl came out. Yeah, which was probably That's what I'm waiting for one of her biggest hits, if not yeah, her biggest. I think hit. it's her biggest hit. And she actually, I watched an I watched an interview with her where you know she, years later she's explaining the lyrics to Cornflake Girl, which I went and read. They're inscrutable to say the least, uh, or at least I found them to mm-hmm. be so. And she was saying that the inspiration for Cornflake Girl, and I kept waiting. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be about this ad. Yeah, how, I'm like, waiting. You're she, really drawing this out. She thought it was like, you know, like the anti- anti-commercialism. And she's like, never was. I'm never going to be a Cornflake Girl again. I was like, it all makes sense. No, it's totally not. It's not a full circle. She Damn and, it. She and some friend were sort of discussing the problem of female genital mutilation, which was like I sort of probably knew-ish in the news back then. 
And they were also talking about this term they had for what I would describe as a basic bitch, um, like sort of women who like don't have your back and are like kind of they'll they'll like sell you out, you know, and and are not are not loyal. And it's some sort of intersection between the horror of genital mutilation, female genital mutilation, and the fact that the women in the communities where the women, where that happens to girls, are selling them out because they're allowing it to happen to their nieces uh. and granddaughters and so on and so forth. So that's the story, at least according so to... So you're saying cornflake girl equals basic bitch. Yes. Really? And, that, and also that it allows those the basic bitches are the ones who let you get your female genitals mutilated. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, wow, not la- I'm not laughing at female genital mutilation. I, it's a, Obviously, it's a horror. We're watching the video here now. I have not seen this video since it came out. There are two videos. There's a black and white British one and uh, this American one that you're looking at. I love this song. It holds up, right? Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. I wasn't sure. a huge fan of hers, but I had this album, and this song was great. I mean, I get, I certainly get the appeal. So I just wanted to say, Kelly, thank you so much because it started me down a rabbit hole of investigation that uh, was very profitable. So thank you. Okay, before you move on, a couple of things here. All right. A uh, quick, I guess, favor I could ask of you now. Like YouTube is just showing me a bunch of other videos from this era. Could we just turn the show into <laughs> just like clicking these and watching these? No, videos but when together we finish recording, we can go turn on the the. But I want to do it now. The YouTube okay. app on the Xbox. <laughs> okay, uh, my ne- you wouldn't do that with me, by the way. I would totally do that. I would spend an entire evening just like going down a YouTube '90s music rabbit hole. I don't think you have the patience for that. My other uh, thing I wanted to say is. Back in the 90s when this song was big, I thought I was all clever because this song was a huge hit at the same time. Um, Spoon Man was a big hit by, uh, what's their names? I just had it in my head and now I've lost it. Who did Spoon Man? I'm not sure. Spoon Man. I'm less sure. (laughs) I'm becoming less sure with every second. Wait, come on. It's obvious. It's uh, Soundgarden. I don't know why I blanked on that name for a second. uh, Yeah, me either. Like, because of all my Soundgarden albums. Soundgarden. I, I know they. Ha- I know they me? were popular. I know. Spoon Man was huge. Look, huge, if it wasn't huge. the Indigo Girls or Sam Phillips, I did not know it was up. I just thought it was funny at the time. I thought it was really clever that I noticed that there was both Cornflake Girl and Spoon Man. Yeah. Both. You were know. you able to make a lot of social hay with that <laughs> trenchant observation? I did some open mic nights. Yeah. All right, I'll turn this down. Okay, what else we got? Okay, so this is from listener Jessica. Um, and she says, she, this is just kind of like, now Now we're out of like direct feedback to the to the last show and we're just kind Are of... Are we just spinning, spinning out here? We're just spinning out, just into the wild blue yonder. Um, she says, I was fast forwarding through uh, the commercials in a TV show that I DVR'd uh, and a cat wearing a vest caught my eye. So... Good on this advertiser for stopping somebody with a DVR. Yes. That is the, that's the holy grail of advertising. That's what you got to do. Slow those commercials down and put something 
eye-catching. Eye-catching in there. That's right. She says, I have a cat who wouldn't be caught dead in a vest, so I backed up the recording to see what was happening. And what I found were these two very short and incredibly clever E-Trade commercials featuring the craziest tongue twisters I've ever heard. I watched each of them twice to try to make sense of the wordplay. And while I still don't think that I got it all, I definitely remembered E-Trade, hmm. uh, investments and retirement, uh, when I was describing them later. So, like... E-Trade, mission accomplished. Yeah, on several fronts. Yeah. So And so then when I showed these to you in the show prep, you were also charmed. I love these. I don't think I've ever seen these um, on the air before. I've seen them quite a bit, and I agree that they're very charming, and they do... They they check every box in terms of what we talk about on this show as a successful advertisement, which is... I mean, clearly, they, they have some... There's some good visuals. There's... Um, Something that connects the idea in play to the product and sticks with you. So let me um, describe the first one I'm going to play. This is the one with the sweater in the vest. But that's really something that just kind of happens incidentally in the commercial. You mean the cat in the vest? What did I say? The sweater in the vest? The sweater in the vest. That's actually, I believe, a new Seattle alt uh, <laughs> folk band. <laughs> the sweater in the vest. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the cat in the vest is incidental to this. But anyway, you see it's a single shot ad. Very simple. 15 seconds. And you see a tailor in there and uh, in his shop. And he's got a bunch of... Uh, nice suit vests behind him. He's uh, sewing as he's talking directly to the camera. It's a very cozy scene. Uh, the cat walks by wearing a vest at one point. It's not mentioned, and this is what the audio sounds like. I'm in vests, and as a vested investor invests, I invest with E-Trade, where investors can investigate and invest in vests or not invest. That's it. Then it says E-Trade. Opportunity is everywhere. The other one um, that was sent in by Jessica is uh, very, very similar. It's a it's a man of a certain age. I mean, I think these are aimed at probably people who are yeah, getting ready to retire. Absolutely. So um, this is a man of a certain age sipping uh, a tea, talking about retirement. And he's uh, clearly devoted his life to probably tire sales. And uh, and he's looking at uh, he's in like his I guess you would call it a like his study or something and there's a bunch of tires around him like tires displayed on yeah. the wall behind him almost like uh, like trophies yeah like a trophy fish this is my retirement retiring retired tires and I never get tired of it are you entirely prepared to retire plan your never tiring retiring retired tires retirement. With E Trade. That is so great. I, I, I adore love it. I adore the wordplay. I think the execution is delightful and and it's great. Like, you know, it's such a different approach from that Ameritrade uh ad that we've talked about where the, the couple comes in, they're like more our age, sort of middle aged mm-hmm. um people who are starting to think about retirement and they're really that's really like aimed at at painting a picture of a certain life. This is more for people who I think there's no question that they need to be thinking about retirement. It's more a question of, you know, assuming that they have the the resources, but like it's, it's aimed at people who have resources and need financial planning. They're going to find a financial planner. How do we get in front of them with our brand? Yes. And, and what, I think that's it's, it's just so well executed. And keeping it light. I yeah. think that's the thing. The, the one with the couple that goes in, I didn't have a problem. It's a little dark. Yeah. I mean, I think that we were defending it against somebody who thought that the tone was weird or that the actor was being too aggressive or something along those lines. She just felt like it was sort of who gives a fuck, you know, like mm. who cares? Like you have a lot of money and you're smug. 
Oh, really? Because I thought I thought we were talking about the one where the people don't have a lot of money. That it was the the youngish couple who were kind of like, "Oh my God, we're not." Well, they we don't have much. Well, they said they have a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, I think uh, whether that's a lot of money or a little bit of money is a very much a matter of opinion. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really rich. Yeah, we're super rich. We're super rich. This uh, podcast has just really feathered our nest. We don't own this podcast, but we do own <laughs> the conglomerate that owns the company that invests in this podcast. That's a joke I heard on Archer last night. Um, uh, I After Jessica sent in these two commercials, which I had not seen before, I, uh, YouTube suggested another one in this series to me. I uh, love this one. It, it, it seems uh, that it takes place in a battlefield uh, of oldie-timey well, days. Well, Revolutionary War times. Revolutionary War. But and it's clearly meant to be... It's a re- you've learned that it's a reenactment because a, 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 you see that um, the main character is standing next to a computer. I guess it is supposed to be a reenactment. I wasn't sure if it was like a reenactment or just an anachronism. Absurd. Yeah, maybe. It's clearly meant to be Benedict Arnold. But and that's whether, the key. Yeah. Whether he's pretending to be Benedict Arnold or it's supposed to really be Benedict Arnold, but with some anachronisms in the scene, I think is immaterial. And of course, when you first see the commercial, that's why I was being a little bit withholding on it. You don't know that it's Benedict Arnold at first, but then as the commercial goes on... He's wearing his tricorn hat and his cloak and everything. So clearly uh, what we learn in this 15 second ad, I'd like to point out 15 seconds, a lot is uh, a lot is given away um, as we learn that this is uh, America's most famous traitor. I am Benedict Arnold, the infamous traitor, and I know a thing or two about trading. So I trade with E-Trade, where true traders trade on a trademark trade platform that has Get all the... the computer, traitor! I won't. <laughs> You don't see who yells that. Somebody just yells in the background, get off the computer, traitor. Uh, his I won't is delivered uh, perfectly. So great. I um, wish there was like, I know there are the Clios. I know commercials get awards and that commercial, you know, like ad firms get awards mm-hmm. and things. But I really wish there was like a commercial acting Emmys. Yeah. You know? Like, or, or. If the Clios were a little bit more inclusive, I mean, if you think about it, even right, you could back you, in could, the you day, could create a category in the Clios for that, no problem. Like best actor, they may, best actress, they may have that, and it's just that it's not something that people sit down to watch. In the same way, back in the day, even the Academy Awards were treated much more like trade awards. Right. It was the focus was not on prime time you know, create special commercials for this broadcast that's going to happen. It was like, wasn't it John Wayne or somebody famously who was just kind of like, if you're watching this, like, I don't know what's wrong with you or something like that. Yeah, no, I think there's some, somebody think you're right. some, it was some shit. It was uh, an industry and an insider thing that was just like the community celebrating itself. Like most award ceremonies are. Yeah, and I hate award ceremonies. I don't watch the Academy Awards usually. I definitely don't watch the... What's the one that just passed that we're both like, nope. Uh, well, oh, I guess it Oscars. was the Oscars. Yeah, I was like, no, I just had no interest in it. Um, we're bringing we're bringing it back old school now. We're going to we're gonna start the trend of having it just become like a Hollywood trade association. Yeah, thing. I mean, I guess I don't want to see the, the Cleos, I guess, ruined or something, but I, I, I definitely would watch a broadcast because it seems so unappreciated. Like, there are so many award ceremonies for actors and actresses in Hollywood or, or in major motion pictures or whatever, and TV, because the Golden Globes covers both. Um, but... I just think that commercials are underappreciated and having a cool uh, kind of a ceremony with some actual like kind of broadcast production put into it, you have a really good time and people could also appreciate this field. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, why don't they, do they broadcast the Cleos? They must somewhere, but like maybe it's like really obscure and hard to find. I don't know. I think we're the ones who have to make this happen. All right. I think it's, I think it's been written for us. All right, so uh, let's see here. Next up, it, oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Who brought this to us? Do we know who brought this one to us? This is from listener Cheryl, and we have been wanting to talk about this ad forever. Cheryl! <laughs> That's my Larry David. Very credible. <laughs> Very <you>. credible. Uh, <laughs> um, so, Cheryl, I want to thank you because when I saw that you had posted this to the Facebook group, I knew like it's time. Uh, we'd been sort of talking about this one, maybe thinking about saving it up for a cheese and G's or some other category, maybe like maybe we should have saved it and done a show about ads that we're just too damn old for. But I, this commercial drives me crazy. Um, this is for the iPhone 7, um, and the theme of it is, or the, the, the pitch is called Sticker Fight. And I'll explain what the commercial looks like in a minute, but first I want to read what Cheryl has to say. Okay, I saw this ad for the first time tonight while streaming on CBS. I love how everyone's like, wants to tell us, like, well, I was DVRing this show, and then I, like, I was, I was, you know, like, <laughs> the way we watch commercials now is so different from, yeah, like, I just like catching knowing, it while yeah. you're watching TV Right, live. right. Well, it sounds like maybe she might have been watching it live, but knowing that it was a live stream, that does play into it, yeah. She says, I had a visceral hate reaction to it, and so did my partner. I wasn't sure why it upset me so much, but when I asked my partner why he thought it was so upsetting, he said he thought it was because we're 37 and 40 years old. So they're right about our age, Mm -hmm. uh, respectively. And the people in the ad seem to be somehow disrespectful of one another with those stickers. The way they slap them on just seems like making fun of someone (laughs) in many cases. Maybe I'm just an old woman yelling at clouds now, but please tell me I'm not the only one. How do you feel about this ad and why? Does age matter here? Uh, Perhaps I'm just not their target audience anymore. Hard yes on that. Neither are we. Uh, this is a commercial, and I'm, we're just going to have to describe it to you. If you haven't seen it, um, I will post it. I know I've been very lax about posting things to the Facebook page. I will try to get better at that. Um, it's just you're just going to hear music, but what you're seeing is a bunch of like hip young people going through like a sort of urban crowded scene, slapping what looks like cartoon stickers on each other like oversized cartoon stickers of it on each other oh yeah these are just like these are the stickers that you can get yeah it's all the stickers you can get on the iphone 7 and a lot of it's like pop culture references that you would recognize you know like family guy stuff or memes um they're very the guy puking a rainbow the guy puking a rainbow i think i saw tim curry in there this is really snap this is the snapchatification of society right It it was snapchat that brought these out first yeah and so it's it's just people walking through slapping these big cartoonish stickers all over each other kind of aggressively yeah it almost becomes like a food fight at the end yeah um i just hate this commercial now i hate this commercial because i have a well a couple of things yeah the tone it's not meant for me this isn't how i go through life i don't slap virtual or real stickers on people like i wouldn't use this functionality on the phone but i think it's okay we can all uh, just you know you me and cheryl can all agree that this commercial is just not for us i also though would say that i just hate stickers <laughs> like not virtual stickers but real stickers the idea of having a sticker on my skin disgusts me okay i think well, it makes me mad that they put stickers on fruit and yeah. then i'm spending a lot of time trying I to think scrub the sticker off the fruit drifting away from you know no, I'm just explaining why for, for me specifically. Yeah. 
Can we just get through one show without me feeling bad about myself by the end? I did want to say, I'm glad you read that note from Cheryl, but I also, did you know that we got a voicemail from Cheryl as well, actually on the same topic? I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what's it seems weird and scary to me. Cheryl sounds a lot like Grandpa Simpson, yeah, actually. Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this more broadly because I read an interesting article recently about, I mean, I think there's, some, we, there's been a lot of discussion about the decline of civil discourse and civility. And of course, internet trolling is like a whole thing. It's like a whole subculture. And even on even on platforms where maybe it isn't that trollish or it's not as trolling, even something in some place like Facebook, which is a fairly safe space for most of us, I think, there's not a lot of what I would describe as like discourse. It's more like it's it's happy faces, frowny faces, it's stickers and emojis and thumbs up and thumbs down. One of the things I have said many times that I loved about Gawker, and that still takes me to the remaining Gawker media properties, is the commentariat. Um, you can put gifs and um, I guess you, I mean and images on those on those in those comment threads. But mostly what you see there are people who are thoughtfully responding. And it's it's policed enough by, by virtue of like having people have to log in and they have to have sort of like an identifiable username. It's more people just thoughtfully writing and responding to, to things. It is. I thought it was people trying to make each other laugh. Whenever I go to the message board, usually like the first ones are always... I mean, I love them, but uh, they're not usually cruel in any way, but they're usually just like one-liners trying to get people to laugh, right? No? That's there's some of that and mm. certainly people are trying to be funny, mm-hmm. but it's there's plenty of actual discourse even if it's not even if it's one line or one question or something or even if it's funny, it's not just you know the way that like on Twitter now if you if you tweet something, they have a whole option to just pick a gif that goes with it. Yeah. So anyway, all of that is background to this article that I read about, and I wish I could remember who wrote it, but it was a guy who had, he he had sort of been an early pioneer in creating uh, like commenting systems and listservs and things like that. And he talked about how he actually made it deliberately harder to, uh, over as he kind of worked in this field he would intentionally make it harder for people to do thumbs up like you could you could do it but other readers couldn't necessarily see how many thumbs up something had or how many uh smiley faces or whatever it had been given and it encouraged people to just actually focus on the content and respond to each Mm. other rather than have like an off-the-cuff quick yay like up or down vote on something and he really argued in this article that the sort of gifification and emojification of commenting and, and user interaction, which is a metric that almost all marketers use very heavily when they talk about like social media marketing. Like I do it too. Like I, I have metrics that I'm responsible for that depend on like how many likes did this tweet get? How many, um, how many engagements? And like, when you think about it, an engagement is a meaningless term in the, in 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 abstract right like is somebody giving a random thumbs up to a, a facebook post that i put up like what's the value of that you know so but but it's like all we have and it's all the, it creates all this data all these numbers but at the expense of anybody really giving any thought to anything and i think i'm having a reaction to this iphone sticker war that is 
goes beyond just like my visceral distaste for young people and more is like this feels like sort of a decline hmm. in in how we talk to each other and i know it's like for texting and I, maybe texting isn't you know the great american novel but it is discourse and there is an element that's going to be lost it's funny i mean this is just this isn't as high-minded as that but it, it for me, it's a matter of taste because if you want to tell me if you everything you said about like using emojis in that way or even these stickers, I'm like, yeah, it does seem like kind of just a shortcut um, that isn't exactly adding to the discourse. Yet, I think that I mean, I am obsessed with the idea of gifts and how they are used as a really quick shortcut to discourse, certainly, but. The fact that I've seen a new medium emerge in my lifetime that isn't necessarily even more futuristic, but we just wouldn't have had back then. We had photos and we had video, but two second little loopy things or even five to seven second little loopy things and then how that react, how that expresses so much more than a couple of words or a still image or here's a link to a five minute video like there the idea that people are finding these tiny little moments in videos and turning that into something that says so much right. more is like an art form now there are, there's plenty of examples of it just being you know just garbaging up the internet clearly but when you and I know that I know that you don't dislike gifts too and you know that there are some people who are just masters of it and you're just like that's a skill. I agree. And I and and I do love gifts and I think that there's tremendous humor and and art in the way they can be deployed. Can I tell you about a recent one I saw? So uh Nancy Kerrigan who famously had her leg clubbed by, you know, a rival. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Well, Galuli definitely did it. <laughs> um she's on Dancing with the Stars. And another skater, I think it was Christy Yamaguchi, yeah, I think it was, uh, tweeted at her, and I think Christy Yamaguchi may have already done Dancing with the Stars, tweeted at her like, great, you know, good luck on the show tonight, Nancy, break a leg. So I know that's what you say to performers, but come on, it's Nancy Kerrigan. So you think that she was... Well, who knows if it was intentional, if it was intended to be a joke, if it was just oblivious or forgetful, but the tweet had hundreds if not thousands of replies to it oh i'm sure just gif after gif after gif after gif reaction gifs of people mm-hmm. going like oh <gasps> yeah. and like you know i like people like you know the famous gifs that you've seen a thousand times but like eating I, the popcorn yeah, the, the, yeah i mean just i mean just so many great reaction gifs to and it really created this like cor- it was like a chorus effect yes and it was it was a work of art. The whole thing. It was like performance art. Everybody created involved. Created by the masses. Created by the masses. That's so And cool. based on a story that's now, gosh, 20 years old. See, the, yeah. And see, that to me, listen, all this stuff is, they're all double-edged swords, right? Like, there are a million great yeah. things about living in the age we live in. And, of course, technology brings uh, more kind of interesting problems as well. But... Yeah, you got to be careful just writing them all off. And I'm not saying uh, clearly you're not doing that. And I, I'm not saying that this this guy who tried to kind of keep that to a minimum in the message board was, would make that argument either. But yeah, I mean, 
there's so much garbage out there and so much crap. And like I say, I, I'm not a huge fan of emojis. It is funny. You're talking about that guy saying you could use a thumbs up, but maybe people wouldn't see it. As an Android user, that's still happening to me. Or all my friends are like <laughs> uh, so sophisticated. Like I, I see about maybe two thirds of the emojis people send me. So many of them are just like these right. boxes that are X'd out. And I'm like, well, that probably was cool. When will they, when will they solve this tower of Babel <laughs> right. problem? But anyway, Androids versus yeah, I, I, I we probably won't be able to see any of these damn stickers anyway. Cause we're Android users. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But anyway, yeah. So I, I not that you asked, but I tend to, uh, lean towards the yeah but it's a fascinating time yeah there are some downsides but i would say that it's still a fascinating time it's just specifically as far as like the internet and stuff is concerned i mean i I don't even know why i'm going to take it here but did you say you don't think that donald trump would have been elected before twitter did you tell me that i think i've i've asked i've said i wonder would he be have been elected before twitter it's hard to imagine I mean, it's hard to imagine that it happened anyway, and it already happened. I'm so I'm hard, it's, it's hard for me too. to it's hard for me to separate out my disbelief <laughs> from any particular media. All right, do you want to leave it there? Let's leave it there. I I think my <laughs> ten minute speech about um, the decline of of civil discourse would probably uh, a lot of people have left it already. I, that's the best part of the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm not you can sell anything. All right, it's a bit of a shorty this week, but it's a lot of fun. Always uh, fun checking in with you guys. Um, please keep the emails coming. Keep the dialogue on our Facebook group going. No joke. We say it every week, and I really mean it, though. Like, I'm so... I'm proud of this podcast, but I'm more proud of that Facebook group. I, know. I love you seeing guys... everybody just like interact and like say whether people are just like, I ran across this commercial from the 60s, or I'm just obsessed with this thing I see every night and I'm not sure, you yeah. know, during Everything Dateline. Everything that you and... post is so fun and interesting. I, we love seeing what, what you're thinking about and what the podcast makes you think of. It's a really cool community of uh, fun and funny and thoughtful people. I don't think I've ever seen anything go down on that page that was, uh, you know, that wasn't that wasn't nice and thoughtful and fun so i like like andrew said like we're really honored to be um a part of that community but i did see that your boss is now on that page so let's keep it clean guys all right (laughs) let's 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 respect that all right everybody uh you can find that facebook facebook group by uh just looking at after these messages uh you can email us at after these messages show at gmail and these you want to give the voicemail that's 607-444-5597 talk to you next tuesday United States of Google, Verizon. They all spies and I'm Pisces rising. And you ain't Hoover, you suck like James Dyson. Google the devil, but I feel lucky. Extreme home makeover couldn't touch me. Backyards.